It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, and yes! Touchdown, did it get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, joining us on a Tuesday. As always, love to have you part of the show. Feel free to text in with a question or comment, a disagreement, or an agreement. That's okay, too. Only if you disagree. If you disagree, send all the hate, but only to Eric. Uh, of course, later today, we will get a uh, stat that blew our minds. We'll have a player of the week. Uh, if you want to give a nomination for that, we'd love to get it. Uh, later on this hour, we will reveal the uh, Region 11 player of the week and uh, several nominations, uh, tough decisions on who ultimately will be selected um, and uh, curious what that vote breakdown would have looked like. I don't know if you, you'll have that handy, Jason, or not, but that's coming up later this hour. I do have it handy. I've debated whether or not to reveal the voting breakdown, but I certainly can. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. Uh, but if you want to weigh in on that, uh, we'll certainly love to get your takes on it as well. But the Full Court Press text line is open, 435-339-0321. Also, as, uh, as many of you know, uh, Mike Leach passed away late last night, a uh, coaching legend, uh, just a, a personality that was bigger than life. He was a cartoon character. Um, and uh, not just that, but he was very influential on the game of football, period, in the successes he had as a coordinator, then as a head coach. And uh, you look at his coaching tree and the influence that he's had on the game and how it's changed the game, not only collegiately, but also in the NFL and at the high school level also. Um, it's a, a sad day for football everywhere with the passing of Mike, Mike Leach, and he was only 61 years old. Yeah, it's really it's really hard to see you know, these, these premature you know, deaths from a lot of these guys. I know Mike Leach may not be considered one of the legends, you know, legend legends of coaching football, but it almost feels like that just because of his personality and who he was and how much of a kind of an icon he was and you know everyone loved him and if you hated him it was for weird reasons i don't know there's some people didn't like him because maybe they thought he was too corny but it's like he was a very likable person who leaned into that you know cartoonish character that he kind of set up for himself (laughs) yes it's like uh, he knew he was going a little bit off the rails and and reporters enjoyed it and so he just gave them what they wanted. But um, on my social media, especially on Twitter today, I mean, it's been full of quotes, stories, past videos of Mike Leach. And it, it's been a real joy just to, to see some of that. Um, it, well, it's been a mix of, of joy and sadness because, you know, he's gone. I mean, some people are, were speculating that, 
man, wouldn't he been have been a, a just a tremendous fixture on the set of of Game Day, of uh, College Game Day, uh, if he f- eventually retired from coaching football? Um, but I, I've had the opportunity to read several different people's interactions with him when the cameras weren't rolling, when just interactions with him and. He's an authentic guy. I mean, the things that he says in, in, in post-game press conferences or you know, the, the press conferences and weeks lead, or the week up, lead up to a, to a game, pretty much how he was in, in, in person. And so he wasn't putting on a fake persona. He was just genuinely just a, an intriguing, very interesting guy that had opinions on a lot of weird things. Yeah, it's always nice. To, that's part of the reason you miss him is because you – you don't get too many of these genuine guys where so many coaches are, you know, put up a face and you don't get to see who the real them is. There's there's not too many of them. Um, so when you actually get one of those guys, you feel like you can know a little bit. You know, in reality, none of us really knew Mike Leach, but we felt like we did a little bit, and especially those who are a lot closer to, you know, followed his teams. Obviously, I know for me, I wasn't too involved with his teams. I just knew who he was and obviously saw the clips, but... You know, he was a likable guy, and obviously we're gonna end up missing him. You know, it's, it's a big loss to the the football community. And right now, you know, you mentioned the seeing all this stuff on the Twitter feed, and I've seen that too, and it, it's bittersweet. Where, you know, it's you know it's not fun that you lose a guy like that, but it's a chance to, you know, remember all the good things. Which is, you know, what you should do when somebody passes. You mourn some, you're sad that they're gone, but then you remember the reasons why you'll miss them, which tend to be positive. So it's a good thing, in a way, that Mike Leach will be missed because it shows the impact he had on the world. Uh, and really kind of in a roundabout way, he had an impact uh, here, closer to home, in our little neck of the woods. Uh, David Yost, offensive coordinator at Utah State a few years back, he came to Utah State from Washington State. He was on Mike Leach's staff, um, and certainly notable, you know, Logan High quarterback, um, you know, Luke Falk, was going to go to the Ivy League, and um, on a whim, you know, Mike Leach talked him into coming up there, and uh, didn't really have a scholarship for him initially, but then Luke Falk turned into a great quarterback in his system, and. Uh, made his way into the NFL because of it. Yeah, so certainly Falk was very positively impacted by Leach on a personal level and on a career and life level, you know, life-changing, you know, interaction with Mike Leach. And and that's where a lot of these people who are sharing their stories, you know, they have these stories. Obviously, me and you and a lot of our listeners, I imagine most of them, don't have those personal stories with Mike Leach. But there are a lot who do. And again, it shows the impact that he left on the world. There are this many people who will miss him very much. And that's about as much as you can hope. Uh, I've been reading several different accounts of people who worked with him. and or uh, So it's been a mix today for me. I, I've read accounts of people who were on his staff and in also just uh, f- reporters who had the opportunity to, to work closely with him. Uh, or some that have written actually books uh, about him or, or co-authored with him. And uh, there's a common theme that is uh, kind of weaving its way through both accounts from those who were 
on his staff or, or coached with him or reporters who spent time with him um, more than just showing up at a press conference and asking X's and O's about the next opponent is that this was a guy who was genuinely curious about people and about the world around him. And he wasn't bashful about asking questions and getting to know uh, and multiple times people would report on uh, he would take these long phone conversations and they'd ask after the fact, oh, who was that? Sounded like, you know, conversation with a long lost friend. Oh, someone who just called the wrong number. <laughs> I was just trying to help him out. <laughs> he was on the phone with them for like an hour. But that's just the kind of guy he was. So uh, really, and, and you know, he, he started uh, learning about football at BYU, watching Lavelle Edwards. Uh, he many times over has talked about how Lavelle Edwards was his inspiration uh, and uh, his coaching philosophy came from watching and studying Lavelle. He did not play high, football in high school or in college. Here's a guy who was at BYU as a rugby player and won tickets to uh, like lower, uh, lower rows near the 40-yard line, I believe it was, for a season and uh, just watched BYU football play and became fascinated with the offensive philosophy of Lavelle Edwards. And that launched him into a long storied career in, in college football. Yeah, Lavelle Edwards obviously a, a pioneer in the passing attack in, in college sports. And uh, Mike Leach has a bit of that in his legacy, too, where I believe it was the air raid yep. was, a, you know, his thing. And so that's where. You know, as far as X's and O's and uh, his impact on college football, he has that to his name, which not a lot of great coaches can say that about their career. Mike Leach may not have the wins and losses and, you know, superb bowl games, but he'll have some of those. You know, he's a P5 coach for a while. But, you know, Nick Saban remembered for winning all this stuff, but he doesn't have, you know, he's not iconic in terms of a style of play, whereas Mike Leach does have that to a degree. Which, obviously, you can debate which one you'd rather have. But it's nice to know that you know a guy like this has a legacy both in the hearts of everyone and also on the field. So it's a legacy he'll leave behind, and you know hopefully we'll be able to remember him. Yeah. So don't know details about you know what his funeral is going to be like or what remembrances will take place uh, for uh, Coach Leach. Though the team today did confirm they will go through on their bowl game. On January 2nd, one of the several bowl games that we will be broadcasting here on The Fan during uh, bowl season, uh, starting with games this Saturday, continuing through next week, and uh, even the week after that, including Utah State's trip uh, to the First Responders Bowl in Dallas. So, uh, But we will have that Mississippi State game here on The Fan on January 2nd. So... Uh, they will go through with it. And appropriate that that game is being played at uh, Raymond James Stadium where in the end zone is a big pirate ship. Yeah. That, Very that appropriate. Is, that is fitting. <laughs> that is certainly fitting. Yes. Uh, all right, so let's do this. Let's call a quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Uh, if uh, you want to weigh in on, on Mike Leach, his legacy, uh, maybe a favorite story that you, that you recall uh, of him or experience, uh, that uh, that he had that caught your attention. Love to hear it as uh, many people um, sharing and, and reminiscing on the great Mike Leach stories that they were able to interact with or at least read or, or videos that they got to watch. 
Uh, but we'll shift gears and talk about a couple of different things here on the show. Uh, high school, uh, Region 11 Player of the Week. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Our stat that blew our minds, uh, Player of the Week uh, from variety of different sports, who that could be. Uh, Utah Jazz are back in action tonight. And a number of guys coming back from injury, will that help them get out of the slump that they're currently in? And uh, a, a few things more about Utah State basketball uh, as well. So it's all ahead on the docket here on the Full Court Press, 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in. A lifetime of awesome memories starts with the Yamaha lineup of youth ATVs. Find the perfect Yamaha ATV for the young rider in your life at Cash Yamaha. Start with the sporty Yamaha YFZ50, designed for riders six and up with easy start and parental controls. Then graduate to the Yamaha Raptor 90 with legendary Raptor Sport ATV styling and more for riders 10 and up. And for a taste of the rugged look of a utility ATV, check out the Yamaha Grizzly 90. Start a lifelong passion today at Cash Yamaha or YamahaMotorsports.com. See the Yamaha lineup today at Cash Yamaha at the Light and Hyde Park. YFZ50 is recommended for use only by riders six years and older and always with adult supervision. Raptor and Grizzly 90 are recommended for use only by riders 10 years and older and always with adult supervision. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. For safety and training information, see your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. This Christmas, give her a special gift from the gift department at S.A. Needham Jewelers. All gifts are carefully wrapped with our signature gold and burgundy gift wrap, and it's done free of charge. S.A. Needham's is an authorized dealer of Yadro figurines. This collection of fine porcelain is made in Europe with depictions of the nativity, Santa Claus, mother and child, or family. It will serve as heirlooms for future generations. Or consider music or jewelry boxes or home decor. Come shop today. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.A. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. We're right in the middle of holiday season. Most of our focus is on family and friends, as it should be. But don't forget your vehicles during the cold winter months. At Valvoliness and Oil Change, we'll make it easy on you to get an oil change, have your vehicle's fluids checked, and if needed, check emissions and renew your registration. All while you sit in your warm car. It doesn't get much easier than that. Valvoliness and Oil Change, 695 North Main, across from Angie's. Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. I don't think there's anybody who thought Patrick Mahomes doesn't have enough time to be able to go down and score and, and beat the Chargers. <laughs> That's how I felt. No, and, and, and look, I, I just realized, you know, there's just certain things where in sports you accept it. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. They never could play it. 
but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Valvoline Instant Oil Change opens seven days a week. Stop in and get your car's uh, oil change taken care of. Quick, clean, easy as it should be. 695 North Main in Logan. So a couple other news of note. By the way, if you want to continue to chime in, love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. Yeah, the passing of Mike Leach, if you've got a favorite Mike Leach story, and I know there's legion of great stories involving Mike Leach. Uh, feel free to share those. Uh, if there's somebody who stood out in their individual play or performance over the last week, give a nomination, and we'll uh, share the stat that blew our minds a little bit later on. And the Region 11 High School Basketball Player of the Week, we will reveal that after a vote of our, from our panel of judges uh, uh, yesterday. And uh, it, an award based on uh, this player's performance over the last week. And uh, that's really good ones to choose from. It was fun. Yeah, there was a lot. I didn't think we'd have many more than three or four nominees um, each week. And this week there were seven nominees. I was like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm – I didn't want to have to, like, split hairs between which players to nominate because there were different reasons why. You know, some of them was more points. Some of them they had – a lot of points and rebounds and assists and like all around. So it's like, I'm not just going to stat watch here. I'm just going to put them all out there and, and see what the votes are. And um, there's one player who stood out, but certainly there were a lot of deserving ones. So that'll be revealed coming up at 430 is when we will announce that here on the fan. Uh, 4781 texting in, full court press text line. Jazz are three days away from sweeping the best team in the West. It's a bold prediction. That's optimistic. I've also, also seen that somewhere else. Like somebody else said that on Twitter. Is this the same person? Also, three teams in the Mountain West currently undefeated to start the season. Is Utah State better than the other two? I'd argue they are, although they're teams that could very well beat each other up. Um, Utah State's had trouble against UNLV and New Mexico in the past. They've had a hard time dealing with their, you know, styles of play. Oftentimes they have length that Utah State struggles to deal with. So maybe you could say Utah State's a better team, but maybe matchup-wise, UNLV or New Mexico could end up beating Utah State. I know New Mexico just played San Francisco last night, finishing up the uh, Jack Jones or whatever, the same thing Utah State was in on Saturday. I was gonna, I, tur- I was trying to find where I could watch. The San Francisco-New Mexico game. So I want to watch New Mexico and San Francisco, you know, like opponents. Yeah, sure. Obviously, New Mexico down the road. And it's, nope, 10 bucks to watch it. I said, nope. Uh, never mind. Just going to follow it on ESPN or GameCast or whatever. And Sorry. Didn't watch your game and hear your sponsors. I guess I don't have any sponsors. They just have dead zones instead of commercial breaks. Weird. Because their entire business model is we're going to make people pay 10 bucks. Guess what didn't happen? Well, some of the games during the during their event were on FS1, but they were very. I mean, they opted to play replay an old World Cup game instead of the Aggie game Saturday night, which was odd. Um, but anyway, New Mexico they're twenty currently twenty fourth in the net. UNLV is thirty fifth. New Mexico does have a quad one win. 
They don't have any quad two games, period. UNLV is 2-0 and in quad two. They do not have a quad one game. Utah State has moved up to 11 in the net, but zero quad one games for the Aggies. 3-0 and in quad two, 5-0 and in quad three. So uh, are, who's better than the others? Hard to know. I mean, the, each, each team has kind of some solid things to say about them, but I don't know that any one of them has really stood out other than New Mexico saying, hey, we have a quad one victory on our resume and nobody else does. Of yeah, those and, three. Yeah, and the thing is that Utah State, UNLV, New Mexico right now um, are completely overrated by the NET. Utah State is vastly overrated by the NET, largely on the basis of they have really good offensive efficiency and have had good defensive efficiency because those are two big um, uh, you know, factors in the NET. And so they're being overrated by it. And so once they, you know, and they're all, the fact they're also undefeated, so that really bolsters them a lot. And being undefeated has bolstered UNLV in New Mexico a lot to where, you know, once things get going in conference play, once these teams accumulate a couple of losses, we're going to see them fall back to where they probably deserve to be, which is between all three of those teams, somewhere between 30 and 70. Eh, probably not. Probably 30 and 50. Um, maybe if one of them just completely falls off, they could fall beyond that. But right now, these teams aren't top 25, top 30 teams. Maybe if they prove themselves a little bit more, if again, I, we had this conversation yesterday where maybe let's say one of the Utah State, even over here in New Mexico, just proves to be better than the other two in that, in that trio, then sure, that team could jump into the top 25, top 30 conversation and deserve to be there. Yeah. But right now we have a bunch of unproven teams that are overrated because of their undefeated record. They could prove that they're worth that uh, placement in the NET with some more wins. Um, right now, I think you look at San Diego State, I'd still say they're the best team in the conference. And then probably two, three, and four is probably going to be Utah State, UNLV, and New Mexico in some order between those three. But unfortunately, there's not much in the way to really analyze these three teams because they've not faced too many challenges. New Mexico's got the, the quad one win. Um, Which was that? That was uh, over St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's, who are just about in the top 25. They're on the outside looking in the actual top. They, they received some amount of votes. I can't remember how many it was. Um. I think they're like 31st or 32nd if you uh, add up all the points and go beyond the top 25. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, the Mountain West uh, looking good right now, but their non-conference um, performance leaves a little bit to be desired, at least in terms of marquee wins. I think New Mexico beating St. Mary's might be the – that or maybe – San Diego State's beaten somebody. They didn't beat any of the ranked teams they've played. Maybe they beat one of them. Uh, let's see. San Diego State, they do have one quad one win. They, if I can spell San Diego properly, <laughs> that always helps. Um, but they've got, um, let's see, they lost to St. Mary's. But they're... They lost to Arkansas. They lost to Arizona. They did beat Ohio State. Uh, so that's probably 
That's so, probably their their Q one win. Or was that uh, the Ohio State? Yeah. So, largely speaking, the Mountain West. Yeah, Ohio they're, State currently thirtieth in the net. Yeah. You know the, these teams at the top for the Mountain West. They're looking good against teams that are probably that they that they should be beating. You know, teams that aren't on par with the Mountain West. West Coast Conference is supposed to be behind the Mountain West, and Mountain West is is doing well against them, particularly Utah State, and then New Mexico obviously beating St. Mary's and uh, and also uh, San Francisco, but they're not really punching up, so they're looking good for a non-major conference. But they're not really punching up a ton. That's why I would say these guys are overrated as far as being in the top 30 in the NET. They're good, but they're not great. They're not elite, which is where the NET is putting them. Whereas Ken Palm has them anywhere between like 40 and 80. Right. Which is about where a lot of these teams should be. Just inside the, you know, the field of 68 or maybe just out of it. Uh, you know, San Francisco, a team that was in the low 100s, they were like 106 uh, right after you know, Utah State beat them. Um, they lose last night, and they are uh, – let me make sure I double-check that. But they basically didn't move because you know, they're 103 right now in the net. So technically they've moved up, and their net ranking has improved – because they played Utah State and uh, New Mexico, and those teams are considered quad one teams. So you lost the games, but you played the quality teams. So that's kind of what's going on with San Diego State. They've lost some games against quad one teams, but that's still keeping them up there uh, in the rankings because they've played tougher competition, whereas USU, New Mexico, UNLV – Really haven't, so they're they're up there because win percentage, their own personal win percentage means a lot in these rankings, and they're undefeated, so that's why they're still there. Yeah, that's why you know Utah's up so high. Yeah, Utah State did this in 2019 too. They were in the top 20, might have even made the top 15. I don't know if they made it all the way to 11 in the NET that year, where they started seven and zero. They played some. A couple tougher teams. They played some weaker teams, but also a couple tougher teams, I believe. Um, this year, Utah State's just right in the middle of playing bad teams and great teams. They're just playing, again, teams that are between 60 and 120 in the Ken Palm or NET or whatnot. So we'll see how good Utah State really is because conference play is going to hit them hard. They're going to play a lot of really good teams. In a short span, how are they going to be able to handle that? Because right now they're playing a bunch of okay teams or good teams. Now they're going to have to play teams that are better, and they're going to have to play them more and more often. They're going to have back-to-back games against teams that are in the top 80 in the NET. They're going to have to go on the road and face some really tough, you know, Mountain West, you know, conference games that are always tough no matter what. And the back end of the conference, they're looking a lot better than they normally are. Air Force, they were in like the 300s at one point in the Ken Palm or late, low 200s. They're jumping into the top, you know, they're in the top 200. They're going to jump into the top 150 if, you know, if they're not careful. Yeah, Air Force, Wyoming, San Jose, uh, they've all made huge leaps uh, over the last week when, uh, you know, as the first net rankings were revealed last Monday. 
Uh, but those schools that were, when the first rating came out, they were at the bottom. But they've been playing well. And, again, it's who you played and then who they played and how well they did. And so these uh, uh, that bottom portion of the Mountain West has really been making big moves, uh, which is good, really good for the, for the league. But uh, moving the overall league average up, uh, which really helps them. Yeah, the Mountain West has – they're one of a – handful of conferences where the average NET for the conference is in the top 100. They're like the average is like 95 or something like there was. The Mountain West made a post about it and yeah. everyone all the different you know Mountain West teams are bragging on it and we got six teams which are in the top 55. Yeah. So, that so helps. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly helps and when you have I don't know if they had any teams that were below 200. Maybe there was one one or two but like when you have a bunch of teams up at the top, Utah State are like 12 at the time. They think they're 11 now. Well, yeah. Fresno State and Wyoming were a, a north of 200, 207 okay. and 220, yeah. respectively. So not by much. They're close to the inside of the top 200. So when your worst team in the conference is 220, that's not awful. It, and it's typical of a non-major conference to have one team in like the 300s. But for the Mountain West to not be having just one team that's an absolute bottom feeder... And again, that makes the conference slate tougher because it used to be you'd play Air Force and you'd wipe the floor with them because they weren't any good or San Jose State. be a nice bye week, basically. And then you'd get to go off and face San Diego State, which is obviously tough. But now it's like, okay, you're going to have to fight a little tougher and then go play those really tough games. And so it's really going to test Utah State, and I'm not 100% sold on Utah State being able to handle that challenge. We know they're good enough to beat any one of the teams in the Mountain West. On any given day, they are right in there in terms of talent, ability, and capability. But can they handle the challenge of day in, day out, week in, week out, facing really tough teams over and over and over again? We'll see. Uh, Right now, as of today, Oral Roberts, they've moved up to 59. Um. And so that right now is the, the best win on USU's resume. Which, if you were to go to the national national basketball, it, you know, all things being equal, and say, you know, Utah State's their their top win. You're talking to the selection committee. Utah State's premier victory so far this year is Earl Roberts. And they look at you like, that, uh, what? Now, that's not, I mean, maybe that's a little shade and disrespect on Oral Roberts as not being really a known basketball product. But that's not a blue chip program. Now, they're supposed to be like third or fourth on your list of, like, they're, they're supposed to be one of your better wins, but not your best win. Yes. It's like for the Mountain West. If, they're, if a Mountain West team, you know, in any given year, if their best win was against Utah State, you get that same reaction. They tell your head, that's, that's the best team you beat. It's like Utah State, you'd like them to be one of your better wins, especially the last few years where Utah State's been good. But, like, Utah State shouldn't be your best win. I mean, maybe this year with their 11th in the NET, maybe they're supposed to be your best win. But, again, like I say they're kind of over. They're not kind of over. They are overrated by the NET by about, like, 30 spots. Yeah. But, hey, it's fun right now as it is. I mean, uh, I can't think of uh, a time where I've seen Utah State ranked so highly. And, on just about any other kind of metric. Uh, so that's really cool to see where they are and see if they can continue that 
Uh, they've got Westminster coming to town on Thursday, and they turn around and have Weber State uh, early next week. So two, two teams that aren't necessarily going to help build your resume other than add to your overall win total. But if you lose to any of those two, that's a big black eye that will be hard to erase from the resume. Yeah, you can't take a day off. You just need to, you know, tune up some of the things you're working on, especially focus on defense. Really focus on defense. And then also work through, you know, how teams are defending you three-point-wise because Weber State and Westminster, they're going to look at the San Francisco and Loyola tape and say, all right, this is how we defend the three. They'll obviously try to improve their interior defense, but, you know, sure Loyola tried to do that too after watching the San Francisco tape. But try and work through the ways that teams are defending the three. Be able to be better on three-point percentage while also continuing to be good at attacking the rim the way they were able to win in those other two games where they weren't shooting three well. So it's a chance to tune up a couple of different things, be able to attack teams on offense, be able to defend them, going up against some good players. So they're tune-up games. Uh, all right, we'll, uh, sh- let's shift away from Utah State basketball and bring it down to the high school level. Region 11 uh, high school basketball for both boys and girls in full swing. Um, you know, a number of these teams have already played a half dozen g- games. Uh, and uh, um, you know, where are they at right now? And who are the, uh, the performers at-, at this point? And as Jason mentioned, we had, what, seven nominees this last week? A lot of really good performances over the last week in uh, high school hoops. Yeah, I wish I could. Wish I had time to go through and explain every single one of these players and how they did. Normally, uh, the article will be published soon. It, normally, I give a small blurb on how each of the players did, the, the people who didn't win, but there's so many I didn't really have space to go through. It's like, here's every single one and all the great things they did. Um, we just had the one who did it. Uh, and so let's do this. We'll uh, we'll take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we will reveal who it was, which high school player was recognized as our high school player of the week, as voted on by our panel of judges uh, from the Cash Valley Media Group, and we'll go through who that is. It's not just Jason. It's not just the two of us here in the studio. There's a number of people who participate in this, which gives it a little bit more credence. So that's coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Hi, this is Jeff John, head golf professional at Logan River Golf Course. It's time once again for our annual holiday pass sale. We have all of our season passes as well as punch passes on sale at the lowest prices of the season. Adult and senior season passes, junior passes, adult and senior punch passes on sale. We have all of our merchandise in the shop on sale from 10 to 40% off. Hats, shoes, assorted clubs, men's and ladies wear, gloves, and of course golf balls which make great stocking stuffers. Happy holidays from all of us at the Logan River Golf Course. Play well. Play fair, play fast. Touchdown! The Aggies are going to the First Responder Bowl, and the fan is joining News Talk KVNU to bring you the game. Tuesday, December 27th, the Aggies face Memphis kickoff is at 115. Game day pregame show will begin at 11 as Al Lewis and Craig Hislop break down the matchup. Love the matchup against Memphis. Really good football team. Familiar with those guys. Don't miss any of the bowl game coverage and the game on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The fan, the home of Aggie faithful. 
Not sure what to give for a holiday gift for family or employees? How about a gift card to Beehive Pub and Grill? Receive a voucher for a free gelato with a $25 gift card purchase. Or a voucher for a free burger or sandwich of your choice with a $50 gift card purchase. Take care of your coworkers, employees, and family with a gift card from Beehive Pub and Grill. Open 11 to 8.30 weekdays and 11 to 9 Friday and Saturday. Beehive Pub and Grill is perfect for the holidays. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install for Vermont casting units that include stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain climb. This is Lance Zollinger, president at Cash Valley Bank. To conquer the mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. It's never too cold or wet to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash for the holidays by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles, paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker, and... It's time to reveal who is the Cash Valley Media Group Prep Basketball Player of the Week. It is drum roll. <laughs> Ridgeline girls basketball guard Emily Skinner. Now she so. was a nominee last week, and yeah. she had a good week, or excuse me, the week before, but she had an even better week this past week, just dominant on multiple spots on the on the court. Yeah, Ridgeline went 3-0 this last week. She averaged 19.7 points, just a hair under 20 a game. Uh, she scored 20 points in back-to-back games, um, although the one game where she didn't score 20 points was arguably her best, actually, because in that game she had 16 points, 9 assists, and 5 rebounds, and 5 steals. So for the week, she averaged you know the 19.7 points, 5.3 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals per game across three games. So, you know, impressive performance from the sophomore. So she's going to be uh, she's going to be a mainstay in the Valley for, you know, two and three quarters more years at this point. Yeah. So uh, get used to hearing Emily Skinner's name a lot uh, in terms of, you know, listing off the great players of high school basketball around here. Yeah. She's, I've seen her play. She's incredibly talented. Uh, and that that Ridgeline team 
went to the state championship last year with most of them freshmen. So that that's a very deep, very young team, very talented team, and uh, certainly Emily Skinner stands uh, at the head of that, what they're doing there. So appropriate that she wins it with the, the type of week that she had. Uh, and like we said, there were a lot of good nominees this this week, but uh, Skinner's performance overall, just for me, and I've, I voted for her, uh, just how – uh, she just stood out in multiple different categories because we had some some athletes who had really good week in in scoring totals and their averages, but she did too. But because of what she also did with rebounding the ball and assisting the ball, stealing the ball, and just uh, an impact on the court anytime she was on the court, no matter where she was on the court, impacting the game. Yeah, there were only a couple of players, at least that I had you know comprehensive stats for that were close in terms of the overall impact. No, Marin McKenna had a pretty good week, but she wasn't there in terms of scoring. She had, you know, a couple of double doubles. I know Logan Deal had a pretty good week for Skyview, who's doing well in boys basketball. And again, that's not all of them. <laughs> so there were seven nominees. So a, a lot of great players. So we'll see how things go this week. A lot more games, uh, several tournaments. So we're going to have a lot of games played by uh, region 11 teams on both, you know, boys and girls. So, Looking forward to another week of a lot of good, a uh, lot of good performances. Yeah, Bear River is at a tournament in Preston, Green Can for boys uh, at least, and uh, Green Canyon uh, and Logan are at tournaments in Southern Utah. So um, yeah, a lot of different games being played. We've got uh, two games happening tonight, and we will have a video component to go with it, so you can watch the games on CashValleyDaily.com. But it'll be Skyview taking on Century. Now, they were just down here just the other day taking on Logan. They yeah, they did, and, uh, and Logan managed to beat them and, and uh, keep on the winning track. So Logan's now 5-1. and one. Um, So Skyview, you know, if you're thinking Skyview's a lot better than Logan, which is probably true, then Skyview should be able to beat them a little better. Granted, Logan ended up kind of blowing out Century anyway in the second half. They got their you know backup brigade in in the fourth quarter, so... Skyview and Logan have already had similar opponents, and Skyview's looked better against those opponents. So we'll see if Skyview's able to do the same thing here. Uh, other big game tonight, Ridgeline hosting Bingham. Certainly uh, Ridgeline has uh, hosted and taken on a lot of teams in high, from higher classifications. They do that again tonight. So the Skyview game will be here on the fan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Ridgeline game will be on 104.5 The Ranch, uh, and uh, as mentioned earlier, video streaming options available on CashValleyDaily.com. Uh, another timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, um, yeah, a lot more to get through. Utah Jazz in action tonight, taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, when Zion comes to Utah, uh, and uh, the Pelicans are the number one team in the West, interestingly enough. Uh, also, the NBA announced um, some a, a new postseason award but also updated the other trophies that they hand out with some names attached to them. So we'll talk about that coming up on the Full Court Press. Ladies, many of you will be fortunate enough to find a small but beautifully wrapped package under your tree with a brown satin ribbon and a box imprinted Jerex. The man who put it there is trying desperately to tell you that you are more precious than diamonds, more valuable than gold, and very, very special. Men who come to Jerex believe their wives deserve the best. And whether they spend $49 or $4,900, the message is the same. Men who come to Jerex are still very much in love. 
We just thought you should know. Jarek's Fine Jewelry, 930 North Main in Logan. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. Cares for Christmas is dedicated to helping families this holiday season. We need your help this Christmas to give back to those in our community. Go to caresforchristmas.org to learn more and reserve items for families in need, like coats, warm winter clothes, gift cards, and toys. That's caresforchristmas.org. And thanks for caring this Christmas. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Valley Office Systems has now been serving Northern Utah and Cache Valley since 2007. We sincerely thank you for your support over the years and want to wish you a happy and healthy holiday season. Visit valleyofficesystems.com for all your copier, printer, and furniture needs. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson and Jason Walker. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in on our Full Court Press text line, uh, just recently announced Emily Skinner as the Ridge or the uh, Region 11 from Ridgeline. Certainly the Ridgeline Player of the Week. As Although the, there was another Ridgeline Boys player who was a nominee. Luke Swordson uh, that's true. was a nominee. But uh, certainly she's played very well in... I have a feeling this will not be the last time she wins Player of the Week. No, I think she'll be perennially in the running. Uh, but you can read more about it, that uh, article uh, detailing um, her w- victory there on CashValleyDaily.com and what that uh, who our voting panel uh, consists of. So if you want to know who to yell at if you're <laughs> mad that somebody else didn't win it. And it also lists all of the other nominees. And so you can see who exactly was nominated Um and all of them were deserving um, of the very least the nomination. Many of them, were it not for such a great performance by Emily, Emily Skinner, could very well have won the award themselves. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, to me, she stood out above everybody, but then after that it was tough, like, because we have to vote, rank voting. Uh, you have to cast a vote for each person, ranked one through, in this case, seven. And it's like, okay, I know who my first vote's going to, but after that, uh, can I just call them all second place? <laughs> yeah. There were some that were like that. I was like, oh, I, I want you up there. And went. it's like, it, it felt bad putting somebody in seventh place. I was dang, you had a good week, and I'm calling you seventh? I know. Nah, I know. I can't do that, but I had to. So 
Uh, so today, the NBA announcing that they have updated their postseason hardware, added a few names that will be attached to these postseason awards. Uh, the MVP award will be named after Michael Jordan. Um, and, uh, you know, he has he's a five-time MVP winner during his 15-season career. Um, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he had six MVP trophies, but give it to Jordan, put it yeah, in no, his name. There's a debate as to whether or not you should, you know, which of these players you should be naming him after. And it's like... Now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he has an award named after him, doesn't he? Like the uh, citizenship or yeah, it's impact a, award? Yeah, it's a community type award. So yeah. maybe that's why they didn't name it after him is because he's already got one. He's already being represented. Uh, but the other one's the Akeem Olajuwon Trophy for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and that's certainly fitting. It's a dude who was obviously iconic for rim protection defense. He's generally considered the gold standard, and he has the uh, career record for blocks. So fitting enough. Could that be renamed in Rudy Gobert's name by the time he's done? With Nobody will ever respect Rudy Gobert the same way they respect Olajuwon. <laughs> no, the thing is, Olajuwon gets that kind of respect because he was also good on offense. And so, he has a couple of titles to it. Yeah, and, and that also. So it's like people see Rudy Gobert as just this one-dimensional. And you could maybe argue whether or not Gobert is better than Olajuwon on defense. I don't know enough about Olajuwon to really make that kind of debate. I'd have to concede that argument to other people. Um, but nobody would ever do that because Olajuwon has achieved this kind of legendary status, and so he's in a way untouchable. Um, in that regard. There's others that you could throw in that conversation. I know Tim Duncan was somebody people like to throw in there. And I think, you know, Ben Wallace was another name, I think. And there's somebody else I'm forgetting where there's a lot of, you know, deserving guys who are iconic for their defense. But Olajuwon's certainly deserving in his own right. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the defensive player of the year. was in Akeem Olajuwon's name. The Wilt Chamberlain Trophy for Rookie of the Year. And you look at Wilt Chamberlain as a rookie. I mean, it's he blows everybody out of the water. No one would come close yeah. to Wilt's rookie year. As far as what you do for rookies, you do not exceed Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, John Havlicek Trophy for sixth man of the year. Yeah, I saw somebody question this. Like, why don't they name it after Jamal Crawford or um, Lou Williams? And I was like, well, the one of those dudes invented the sixth man of the year role. I know we don't have starting data. For Havlicek, but you know it's part of his legacy that he was one of the first, you know, obviously not the first sixth man, but like actual sixth man, right? Impacting the game off the bench, yeah, to consistently as he did. Uh, it makes total sense that it should be named after him. Uh, and then there's the George Mikan Trophy for most improved player. Uh, and I got to be honest, my George Mikan history is not that great this is a dude who walked through basketball is like a giant and was like always the best no matter what was there the secret improvement that he made because like my knowledge of george mikan is just that he was just simply the best no matter what always at ucla and with the lakers so uh, they just give it to him just because <laughs> did he have a gross but like seriously most improved i do not think of george mikan because he's in that you know Almost Wilt Chamberlain-esque, he was just better than everyone else. But obviously he was a lot earlier, and so you know, less known. It was 
he's not going to put up 100 points, but like he was just the best. Now, what I don't see on my, the list that I have in front of me is this new trophy that was created is that they're going to give out the clutch player of the year. And I don't, is that, is there a name attached to that one? I didn't see if there was a name attached to that. Yeah, Jerry West. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jerry West. The man who went one and eight in the NBA Finals will have the clutch player of the year named after him. <laughs> a little ironic. I am not the only person that is questioning that decision. So clutch is defined in NBA terms as in the final five minutes or less if the game is within five points or less. So if you're in a game um, that's in the last couple of minutes, a close game that could go either way, that's clutch. Now, there's a number of players uh, in today's NBA. um, DeMar DeRozan, he's probably up there among the most clutch players in the NBA today where he's averaging, what did I see earlier today, uh, three, almost four points per game in the clutch situation. That's incredible. Um, And so the other averages are like 1.8 to 2.1. But, um, and I could be misquoting that, but uh, DeMar DeRozan is, is one of the most clutch players in today's NBA where when it's tight, he doesn't fold. He still competes, and he performs well. And I think that's an interesting award to give out. And it could go to somebody who, maybe like Jerry West, doesn't have a lot of wins, but he's he performs Isn't the well point in the clutch. Of clutch to perform and get the win. <laughs> if I go five for five in the last minute and my team still loses, do I still count as clutch? I, mean, I guess maybe. I but think like, winning is part of the formula that they yeah. determine. Like, this Clutch Player of the Year, I don't necessarily have a problem with it um, just as a concept. But it is going to be the biggest mess on social media about who's the Clutch Player of the Year. It is going to be an absolute mess. You think the MVP award can be a mess or the defensive player of the year where the only arguments are just this guy's better so he gets like that's the only argument people present and the clutch player of the year it's going to be all this dude's so clutch and that's it (laughs) it's going to be this big mess of everything and somebody's going to win and be like oh he's not clutch and they're going to show clips of all the missed shots they had in clutch situations and it's just going to be awful and they started off this you know, what's going to be a terrible situation on social media by naming the Clutch Player of the Year after a dude that was 1-8 in the finals. Like, they can't even start off this this mess right. <laughs> they, but they, it's they not th- subjective. They th- it's not supposed to be subjective. But it's, it's going to be. Like, Clutch is a completely subjective idea. Here's what you're We made it up. Field goal percentages. Here's your... Uh, your your points in these uh, in these situations. Here's your win loss record in these situations. Yeah, but the the idea of clutch is just subjective. At some point, you have to manually draw a line, and you kind of have to do with some other things. But like you know, you know, with the field goal, if you make or miss a field goal, that's a, that's an objective thing. But with clutch, it's like, all right, well, what does this you know moment mean? What does this bucket mean? Like, do all all those clutch points created equal? Like, it's just going to be an absolute mess. Uh, which is why I think it's going to be fun. That's why I think it's going to be great, because it gives us more fodder to debate over. I have to mute Jerry West's name on Twitter for this alone. 
So some new hardware uh, in the NBA postseason. Some new uh, names attached uh, to those uh, to those trophies. And uh, do you like that? I mean, are those appropriate players, former players that are attached to those? That uh, are those the players you would think of that epitomize that award? Uh, more on that. We'll get to the stat that blew our minds and our player of the week next hour. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Kyler Murray has been one of the more controversial players this season. There have been persistent questions about his durability, and the Cardinals have disappointed after making the playoffs last season. The conversation around Murray got worse yesterday after the QB suffered a knee injury in the loss to the Patriots. With Murray now out, many fans have started to use his injury as an example of why the quarterback's new contract was a mistake. But now's not the time for victory laps. This was a non-contact injury that could keep Murray out for an extended period of time. Now's not the time to criticize him for his play or the organization for its commitment. We had plenty of time to do that when he was on the field. So although Murray's injury is no doubt a tough loss for Arizona, let's not go around criticizing Murray's new contract because of a freak injury. Because whatever you may have to say about Kyler Murray, there's no doubt the league is more exciting when he's healthy. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.